So I feel like I always have the story for the cold open, but do you have anything you want to lead off with today? Well, I think the reason why you, you always do the cold open is because uh, I'm I'd probably start off with how my how my allergies are bad yeah, and how you and I wants to hear that. Yeah, no. nobody probably wants to hear what I have to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. What? Because I have a microphone and they don't. What? Um, my sister and her daughter are in town. Okay. So I I've had the joy of babysitting a few days this week. Okay. And my niece is obsessed with a movie that is on Netflix, and she wants to watch it all the time. And I watched this movie before she came into town. Just yeah. I was curious about it because it got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Like, how did this get nominated? Any guesses what this movie is? No. The Boss Baby. Are you serious? The Boss Baby. Yeah. She'll she'll you go on Netflix to try to find something to put on in the background. She's like, baby. Oh God. So. And the Boss Baby has taught her Goo Goo Gaga. No. Because when the kid walks in on the Boss Baby for the first time. Uh, trying to pretend that he's actually a baby, he just goes goo goo gaga. <laughs> and so my niece would just go goo goo gaga. No. And I'm like, oh man, damn you, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, exactly. But I will say this it's not horrible. It's actually a lot better than I expected it to be. Okay, so instead of horrible, it's tolerable. It's not even tolerable. Like, there are some jokes I'm like, that's actually pretty clever. Like, at one point, they have to go to Las Vegas to stop the bad guy. So they get to the, the kids get to the airport and they like we need to get to the convention center and they there's like a bachelorette party there, and so they like play like we we need to get home to my my brother's sick we need to get home to yeah to our parents where well, where do you live the convention center and then they drop them off and the kids drinking out of this big long bottle yeah and he's like oh these people of Long Island do not know how to make iced tea <laughs> and just throws <laughs> it away and I was like that is the that is a like. That's the funniest underage drinking joke I've ever seen. <laughs> how many, f- how many underage drinking jokes ha- jokes have you seen? I mean, compared to stuff, it's like, funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not compared gonna to lie. like, stuff like, like I think that's more clever than anything in like American Pie. American Pie is dated as hell yeah. at this point. Yeah, for for a kids movie though, like it was <laughs> American Pie is definitely very, not a kids movie. Yeah, for a kids movie though, it was the most adult joke that I ex- didn't expect. Like yeah. kids aren't gonna get that. No. But that's that's one of the better ones for adults. Yeah, that and the put the cookie down. <laughs> Cookies are for closers. Like that whole scene doesn't make any sense to anyone but adults. Like that whole joke. Yeah, and even some adults don't get it. Mm-hmm. But we're not here to talk about the boss baby. No, we're not. That'll be thank God. That'll be one of our Oscar preview shows. <laughs> yeah, no, it won't. <laughs> it's not going to make it in unless it wins. If it w- okay, so boss, ba- boss baby wins. I'll watch it for the podcast. But we're not here to if talk about If it wins that. its nomination, I'll watch it. Okay. It's not going to. Yeah, I know. I'm just it's saying. It's going to be Coco. <laughs> um, welcome. You have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Ryan. And today uh, we're going to talk about a cult classic, which I get. I didn't realize it was a cult classic. I just thought it was a classic. Then you must be in the cult. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, we're going to talk about 1985's Clue. Which is very interesting. Yes. I have to uh, admit. It's got an all-star cast yeah. of people from the 80s. Um, you've got Christopher Lloyd, Martin Mole, mm-hmm. Michael McKean, Tim Curry. Um, See, I only, except for some of their names, I only know them from other movies they've been in. Eileen Brandon, Madeline Kahn, and Leslie Ann Warren. Yeah. I knew I was going to mess up their names. That's why I had yeah, this here. Because I know you've got... Like, so, so some of these I've placed automatically from other films, and the two... 
was the uh, doctor, uh, Professor Plum. Yeah. Like, as, like, I didn't get who he was until he started freaking out after Mr. Body died. <laughs> and I was just waiting for him to shout, Great Scott. <laughs> because he Body. was just... Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I was, like... I, I didn't pick up that that was him yeah. until that scene when he started freaking out after the lights turned back on. Yeah. And then, but I picked, um, was it Mrs. White out as soon as the door opened? Yeah. Because she's in a lot of, uh, uh, she's in Blady, uh, she's in Blazing Saddles. Yeah. She's in sense. High Anxiety. She's in a lot of Mel Brooks stuff. Yeah. So as soon as I saw her, I knew her, like, r- r- uh, um, is off the bat. The un- the unfortunate thing was whenever she talked, I couldn't get her character from Blazing Saddles out of my head. I was waiting for her to slip in a very bad German accent <laughs> whenever she was talking. You know, we've talked about this before on the show. I've never seen Blazing Saddles. That'll be the next one. Yeah, I had a feeling we were going to get a movie out of this for the next one. Yeah. And I didn't think it would be Blazing Saddles. Well, guess what? We did. <laughs> I, yeah. I have um, it, so I I can get it to you today, actually. All right, cool. Um, what I thought we were going to talk about is Michael McKean and get into This is Spinal Tap, because I've never seen that either. Okay, that'll be... Okay, so... That'll be on the list down the... Down that'll the be road. on the list. That'll, that'll probably be with either then the, uh, the third one from now or the fifth yeah. one from now. Um. So what do you think? You had never seen this before. Yeah, no. I'd seen it years ago on like ABC Family or whatever it was back in like 2002. You know how I talked about for Power Rangers how I said that either you need to do it dead serious or goofy and yeah. we had that discussion yeah. about they th- this is a perfect this is a perfect example of that. You're of making just goofy. Just goofy because you're making a movie based off a board game. Yeah. The only way to do that is either to do what they did with this which was funny. Or do like an actual like you know like uh, inner monologue crime investigation like forties like yeah exactly type like movie or yeah. or like an actual like cop drama to mm-hmm. a point you know trying to figure out what happened in this mansion yeah they did the goofy route like one hundred percent. And mm. it was perfect because, I mean, it's a board game for crying out loud. Yeah. I wasn't entirely sure what the hell they were doing in like the first five minutes. But then after when they were doing the uh, the uh, um, the the gag with the dog poop yeah. where everybody that walked by <laughs> uh, uh, um, the butler was like, <laughs> was, was like <laughs> as soon as they started doing that, I was like, oh, OK. I see where I see yeah. where they're going with this, and, and I like it. Yeah, th- <laughs> I for, like it for being based off of a board game. This movie is way better than it has any right to be. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Especially the, based off the board game, it's like, based off. I remember of. a few <laughs> years ago where uh, one of the studios bought a bunch of the Hasbro Parker Brothers properties for mm-hmm. the, like the film rights, and that's yeah. why we got Battleship. And everyone's like, "Oh man, who wants to see a Monopoly movie?" And I'm like. Well, they did Clue in the 80s, and that was good. Yeah. I don't know if Lightning can strike twice. And then Battleship came out, and it didn't. Well, <laughs> there is a game out about Monopoly already. A movie? Yeah. What's the movie? It's called Wall Street. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Have you <laughs> no, seen I get, Wall I get Street? It, I, get it, I, get it. I haven't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's, that's another one. See, this is why we have a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what's happened with all this. I know they're remaking Clue with Ryan Reynolds. Ooh, so I would it, like that. Yeah, I like I Ryan think, Reynolds. I think with him producing it and being like a strong force behind it, like he was for Deadpool, 
I don't see how you can go wrong because you can take like this kind of format, yeah, revamp it, and maybe go hard R. Yeah, you definitely. And I could. think that would be very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, though, uh, I mean, with being a movie this old, I mean, trying to do like generic stuff first without getting into spoilers is. Yeah, hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we really need to get in the worry about spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie at who, this point, like, like the, just go you, see you've, it. You've got a phenomenal cast here. Oh yeah, who stole the movie for you? Who like, stole the movie yeah, for me? Who who did you watch and just like, oh wow, like they're putting their all into this and like this is one of their top performances. Anyone steal the show for you? Honestly, Tim Curry. That's what I was gonna say. But especially if you take him out of it, though, yeah. Um, Michael Keaton, Michael McKean, Michael McKean, Mr. Michael Green, Keaton. Michael McKean, yeah, 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 Mr. Green. I, I was watching this last night, and I haven't seen this since I started watching Better Call Saul. Yeah, and have you seen that yet? No, but I watch Breaking Bad, so I yeah. get the point of the show. Yeah, you should definitely check out Better Call Saul just for Michael McKean. Okay, because he. Like even this past season, he just stole the show for me. But watching this, like he's so on top of his game. Yeah. Um, he's such a strong actor, and I was talking to my wife about it. She, I was like, I really like him. Like I never really thought about it too much, but since Bre- Better Call Saul and rewatching this, like I really like everything he's done. And she's like, Well, why don't we watch Laverne and Shirley? It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot he was <laughs> on that. And we have the whole series. I, I'm probably gonna end up yeah. starting to watch that soon. But Tim Curry in this is just like he's phenomenal. Yeah, like I like I'd much re- like if you m- sat me down to for- and forced me to watch a Tim Curry movie, I'd pick this mm-hmm. because it's he knows how to control the room. Like he's st- like at the end when he's explaining how it was done. Yeah, he's running so hard that like you can act like. I don't know how they filmed that, if they filmed it all with, like, different cameras in each room ready for him to come in. But every time you see him, yeah. like, stop, he is just sweating mm-hmm. like crazy. He's putting so much into that. And every time that he is playing the dead body and, like, freaking them out, mm-hmm. I lose it. It's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. My favorite part on that was uh, was was when they ran into the kitchen and Mr. Green goes to where he was when he caught the cook <laughs> and they open up the door and he just, like, his eyes roll in the back of his head and he <laughs> falls out and then Mr. Green is just like, oh, whatever, just drops him yeah. on the floor. <laughs> Can you stop it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So which ending of this movie did you get? Because there were three. Yeah. And the way it worked when the movie came out is each theater had a different ending. Interesting. So what people would see it, they'd get one ending instead of the other. And then when they put it on DVD, they put out all three. So which ending yeah. did you see? Well, I rented it off of Amazon. Yeah. So I got all three. Okay. Yeah. I watched it on my DVD last night. I couldn't find my DVD remote. Mm-hmm. So I had I had to hit play on random ending. So I got the Miss Scarlet ending. Miss Scarlet, yeah. I actually like... Um, my favorite one was the one that they said what really happened. Mm-hmm. The one where all of them are guilty except for Mr. Green. Honestly, that's the only one that really makes sense. If you look at all the clues that are laid out throughout yeah. the whole movie, like there there are things that are put in there that are just kind of red herrings that don't really line up with yeah. the other two endings. Like Mrs. Peacock saying this is her favorite recipe. Yeah. Makes no sense in 
the Miss Scarlet ending because there's no reason for her to know the cook. And then uh, Mr. Body freaking out when they first go into after dinner. He's like, it's all a scam, and he tries to run away. Yeah. That makes no sense in the other two endings, except for the last ending. Because that's the one where he's not actually Mr. Body. That's He's just the butler yeah. being conned and doing this by... I mean, they're, they're, yeah. those are just a few holes in those two endings, but everything else kind of works out. I didn't look into it that deep. Yeah. I just enjoyed it. For well, what I, they it's, were just doing. One that, it's just <laughs> something that I picked up on last night watching it. It was like, okay, because I didn't remember Mr. Body freaking out. I think yeah. I've watched this on cable too many times, and I'm pretty sure they cut that. Which one? Uh, when Mr. Body first, when Mr. Body freaks out when they first go into the parlor. Yeah. After dinner. Like he goes in there, he's like, "It's all a scam," and then he's being chased through the house and goes to the conservatory and sees the dogs jump up on the window. Yeah, I didn't remember that scene, and I'm pretty sure they cut that because then you just see Wadsworth and him go into the room, and he's like, "This is why I brought you all here." Yeah. So. Well, I don't know because the reason why I like the last ending, like even though it fit, I mean it fits, but yeah. I also like the idea because. <laughs> Being a butler trying to get revenge on Mr. Body doesn't make sense with how much he knew and how manipulative he was mm-hmm. being. Like that's what I do. It was like it, it's gonna end up being him. And then yeah. and then when they did the first ending uh, and they said like like it came up kind of like a silent movie and it said, um, this is uh and here's the ending, just one of many possibilities. And then they go into it and I'm like, Oh great, I love this because there's gonna be like I thought they were gonna I thought it was gonna be another hour of them going through <laughs> why how how it could have been any single one of them, but I was very happy to see that they only well, did three I, alternate endings. Since I I watched the one and the random ending, I went back and watched all three. The multiple ending, the trilogy ending yeah. is like eighteen minutes. Like watching all three together is 18 minutes. It's like, okay, yeah, that's not bad. No, it's, it's not bad at all, especially with how entertaining it is because yeah. they cut out him running every, uh, you know, it's like running mm-hmm. and they pick it up right where he puts Tur- it all together for who it is. Yeah. So you, so you don't have to go over with him, like showing them like, you know, hello, hello. Yeah. And you know, Hey, how you doing? And Although that. it would, it would be funny if they did that just so he could slap Mrs. Peacock every time. <laughs> True, because I feel like I feel like I've seen it that way, but maybe I've just seen like the movie that much. That I'm just used to like Michael McKean slapping her and then <laughs> Wadsworth fl- slapping her. Yeah, um, which was and and that was good. The one thing I liked how they brought in other people that mm-hmm. were involved. The one thing I thought was interesting though was the one the one death that didn't fit was the singing telegram girl. Yeah. Because the cop was there for a, for a decent amount of time to uh-huh. where, yeah, she would have recognized him eventually, regardless if it was as soon as they opened the door or once she heard him talk a little bit, that's when she realized who he was. Scarlet realizing the cop was the person that she was paying yeah. off to keep her, like, uh, 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 to keep her cat house running. Mm-hmm. That's the one term that role that's that yeah. I know that fits what that stuff is, but um, to keep her cat house running, and then there's another, and the guy who is the the stranded driver, um, he was there for a decent amount of time to where Colonel, to where the Colonel would recognize him as his driver during yeah. the war, which I didn't pick up that it was like the late forties. 
Oh, really? I mean, even though the cars were definitely late 40s, like it didn't dawn on me that it was actually set in the 40s okay. until I saw the phone. Okay. Funny enough, because yeah, I've it, seen it, a lot of movies where it's set in like the 50s or the 60s or it's set in modern time, but they want to do like a more surreal feel to it. Yeah. So they give everybody cars from different eras. Yeah, I think once they... you. You definitely figure out what time period it's set in when they say the name J. J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily enough, I picked it up before the Hoover phone call because (laughs) I would have been embarrassed if if it was that. But I definitely picked it up after I saw a couple cars. I was like, this is actually set. And, And they're talking about the war. Which war? Vietnam, World War One, World War Two, And then I saw the phone. I was like, okay, this is definitely the late 40s. Um, But uh, there was that. Um, Where was I? I lost my place. So my allergies are screwing with my head. I've I've, I've got like a head cold, an allergy head cold. One thing I think this movie does really well, since it's based on the board game, is taking the elements of that board game and incorporating them into the plot. So not yeah. only do you have the characters, because that's easy to do when well, you have a game like Clue, the but envelope. also the weapons. And oh, the I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 No, uh, 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 the weapons were great. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and I loved how they found stuff that fit, like, the actual pictures or mm-hmm. the actual little plastic pieces. Yeah, I liked how the they did pipe, that. The revolver, the rope, everything's there. Um, mm. And then you even have, at one point, Wadsworth says, we need to find out who killed him, where they killed him, and what they used. Yeah. Um, and it's like, wow, that's like perfect ending. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a perfect way to sum up this movie. Yeah. And the, the game in one. Um, I, me- I remembered where I was going. Okay. Backtrack. <laughs> Backtrack. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the Wayne's World thing. Um, so whenever these people were in the house, there mm-hmm. was enough time for everybody to realize who each other were. Yeah. And sometimes they did it right away, like with Mrs. White and Yavette. Like as soon as they saw each other, they knew. Yeah. Um, the telegram girl, mm-hmm. to me, doesn't fit. I understand that you're not supposed to see who the killer is, so you can't see if they have an instant reaction to recognizing her or not. Yeah. But the door opened, and she got out like a sentence and was shot dead. And then they open up the door, and then Professor Plum is like, oh, she was one of the girls that I, or she was one of my patients that I had an affair with or whatever. (coughs) And um, it just, everybody else kind of made sense for, you know, how long they were there for. Yeah. The fact they were actually in a room. She gets killed on the doorstep with a gun five seconds after the door opens. That's the one that didn't fit for me. Almost makes you wonder if he's the one who invited her there. Yeah. Because that's the only way that he would know. Yeah. Because it was raining out, it was dark. Or if he assumes that somebody from his past is going to come to, if everyone else is dying, he yeah. probably assumes that somebody else is coming that's going to be related to him. But that's also a lot of assuming, and that's yeah. why it doesn't really it, fit it for is, me. It is, but you know, also think that body... Uh, Mr. Body invited her there, so and he was mm-hmm. just in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I'm not gonna nitpick it too much because it's a it's it's for, a movie for, based off a board. Yeah, game. for the last ending though, you needed that. Like mm-hmm. you needed somebody else to come in, and the singing telegram makes sense. Yeah, for that, because um, that that last ending is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, it is. Um, the I found one error though in the movie. Okay. Okay. You know how the falling chandelier thing is kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. The first chandelier that falls, 
falls in the middle of the hall area. Yeah. Like, not in, like, the dead center middle, but, like, in the middle, in the front, because there's, like, yeah. two or three chandeliers, and there's one, two, three. The first one gets shot because she's... Because Yavette is standing with the gun. She shoots it up in the ceiling, and then she shoots the door. But she's standing, like, right by the front door. So it's that first middle chandelier. It mm -hmm. falls right dead center in the middle, and the gun gets slid underneath it. Like, ten minutes later... They go from... They're dealing with the cop. Mm -hmm. He goes into the rooms. He goes into the library. They do some more searching, whatever. And then they come back out of... Oh, it's when they come out of the lounge or the room across from where they were drinking the whiskey okay. or brandy or whatever. The room directly across. Where they found where they found the dead murderers? Yeah, where the uh, picture swings open. Yeah. Where the painting swings mm -hmm. open. They come out of that door, okay. and the chandelier goes from being in the front center of the hall to like up against the wall. I think they and push the it glass out of the becomes like cleaned. I know, but show it then. I don't think you need to show because that. to me, if you don't have somebody talk about cleaning up the hall or show somebody struggling to like clean it, then when you go back and you see it moved. Yeah. Like to me, it just looks like the 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 person who was in charge of keeping sure that everything was you know right on set failed yeah. at their job. Like I mean that that's w w w without any like without somebody saying like you know it's like with, with the, without the butler saying let's clean up the hall before anybody else shows up or say hey Mr Green and Mr you know hey you know Mr Green and Mrs White can you go out and just like clean this up or yeah. like Mrs White says I, think, I can't take this or I don't like somebody steps to, on glass I don't think you need to show that just because <sighs> it's so fast paced at that point it'll just slow it down I know but it's stuck out like a red thumb to me mm. It didn't to me Again it's a movie based off a of board game. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, what is your favorite line from this movie? Oh, God, there are too many. All, all I know is that I was, I, I, I actually laugh. Like, it's rare for me to laugh out loud when I'm watching a movie on my own. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it's like, 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 like Mel Brooks movies. I love them. Yeah. I like them because they're entertaining. If, if I'm watching a comedy on my own, like I'll find something humorous, I'll chuckle, but I'm like I'm really laughing, like in you know it's like uh, um, in my head. I don't really laugh <laughs> out loud at a comedy unless I'm with other people because yeah. it's other people's reactions that you know, that. I was laughing out loud at this at a few things that were said. Okay, like the repeat of the monkey brains, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Even though it's famous in Cantonese cuisine, it's not you know <laughs> it's it's not common in Washington D.C. Yeah, like the fact that he said it twice. Um, so there well, was yeah, because the, the different endings. Yeah, and then oh my god, there was just there was just too many for me to remember. One, I mean, all I know is that it's just, it one that really I always quote with my wife is from the 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 real ending, and it's Mrs. White, flames fl flames on the side of my face. Yes. That, um, which that was, is definitely a good one. Which is, and that reminded me of her character from Blazing Saddles. Yeah. It was at that because that that was improvised by her. Like she was just that good. Um, I just every time Mr. Green is like, "Oh, I didn't do it," <laughs> and at the very end, you get the payoff. Told you I didn't do it, and then <laughs> all the cops come running in. Yeah. Um, like that was such a great payoff, and I'm trying to think what else. Oh, 
One thing, too, is that I love the fact that Mr. Green actually did confess to his homosexuality because at the very end of the real endings, like, I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. And then he has, like, the grin on his face. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. The He's freeze frames. Yeah. The free, all the freeze frames for the endings are fin- phenomenal. Like, that one's great. Mm-hmm. I like the one with the chandelier falling behind Colonel Mustard. That's the he, same one, I think. No, no, no. That. Oh, that's the second one. That's, oh, that's the, the first that's one. That's the first one. That's the first the, one. The, the one plus two plus two plus one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the chandelier falls, and it's just Martin Mole with like, yeah. looking like he's about to have a heart attack. Like, yeah. That's the ending I got. Like, that's a great freeze frame. Yeah. And then when they arrest Mrs. Peacock, he, it's Wadsworth's just like, who's for dessert? And then it just freeze frames and then goes into the credits. Yeah. Um, But I love that ending with Michael McKean saying, he even does the, and if anybody asks who killed Mr. Body, it was Mr. Green in the hallway with a revolver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go home and make love to my wife. Oh, yeah. No, I, I just, I haven't really played the game that much. I, it made, I've been wanting to play it because we just got the Golden Girls edition. Yeah. And I still haven't played it yet. It's been forever since I've played Clue. But I think I saw this before I played the, played the game. Yeah, no, my thing is that I only played it, like, twice. And when I did, um, I don't know, the game just wasn't fun yeah. for me. Like, I didn't really get into it that much. The movie was definitely a hell of a lot better than the game. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. And I was not expecting some of the costumes in this movie either. They they really stick to, like, the characters that you see on their mm-hmm. cards. Like, Professor Plum's got, like, a purple scheme going to him. Yeah. Mrs. White is the most different i think but even when she take but when she takes off her coat you get that big white yeah you, under you get the white thing. um uh lining in her jacket yeah. because she's mourning her dead and mrs husband. peacock's got like those feathers going on yeah colonel mustard's like in a brown uh and mr green is blue which i found funny which i think it which i think is i think is like a little hint that he's not actually mr green like he's a plant like he's he took over for the guy who was supposed to be mr green yeah so, it's like he's gonna, like Easter I work egg. for the State Department and I'm a homosexual. Which if it got out, I would get be fired for. Yeah, and, and like it was that like it was seeing the phone in the room mm-hmm. plus him saying that. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely before the sixties. Yeah, like this is definitely pre sixties. It's got to be forties. I'm talking about the war. I, it might even be fifties. No, like I'm gonna, very if it's fifties, it's got to be like 1951 or 1952. Yeah. I'm not quite sure the year. Um. All right, here we go. Uh, I'll admit, I'm uh, I'm looking up quotes okay. on IMDb because, like I said, there were so many quotes yeah. from that movie, and I was I, I'll admit I was tired last night. Yeah, because I haven't. It, it's work has been nuts. Mm-hmm. But like, here, uh, this is an exchange between Colonel Mustard and Mrs. Peacock. Colonel Mustard, just checking in. Everything all right? Yep. Two corpses. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then Mr. Green. So it was you. I was going to expose you, Warnsworth. I know. So I chose to expose myself. Colonel Mustard, please. There are ladies present. <laughs> like, just the j- just the corniness of these lines are just amazing. Professor Plum, you were once a professor of psychiatry, specializing in helping paranoid and homicidal lunatics suffering from delusions of grandeur. Yes, but now I work for the United Nations. So your work hasn't changed. Yep, yep. I'm here. Professor Plum, 
What, what are you afraid of? Uh, a fate worse than death? Mrs. Peacock, no, just death. Isn't that enough? <laughs> Warnsworth, you see? Like the Mounties, we always get our man. Mr. Green, Mrs. Peacock was a man? Colonel Mustard slaps Mr. Green, who turns to get slapped by Warnsworth. <laughs> I love, like, there's a lot of great, like, little exchanges in here. Like, the whole, so there's nobody else in the house. Um, no. So there is somebody else in the house. N Sorry, I said no meaning yes. No meaning yes? Look, I want a straight answer. Is there somebody else in the house? It, or is, isn't is there? Yes or no? No. No, there is or no, there isn't. <laughs> yes. Please. <laughs> Warnsworth. And to make a long story short, had everybody. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing I don't understand. One thing? <laughs> we could go on quoting this movie forever. We could. This, I mean, there's just. Yeah. I seriously think the entire I think, script is in the quotes section of yeah. IMDb. Um, one of my, uh, one of the, I think was the most clever lines, and then we'll get away from doing the lines. Was yeah. com communism was just a red herring? And I was like, yeah. I get that joke. Yeah, I did I not get that. that when I watched it as a kid, but now yeah. I get it. Um. But yeah, it really uses the time period that it's set in to build these stories. Too, yeah. You've got the communism stuff. You've got the post-war era, mm -hmm. Washington. The fusion bombs. Fusion thing. bombs and nuclear scientists. So yeah. like you make... I loved how they tied everybody to Washington, D.C., though. Like, mm -hmm. the whole government thing. That was an excellent way, because y you knew the script writers were sitting around going, okay, we're making this movie how are we going to do this? And then somebody goes, well, they all have to be linked somehow. They all have to get there. They can't really know each other, but they might have seen each other, but they don't need, but they shouldn't know who each other are right away. And if yeah. they do, they don't want to say why. So, so they were like, okay, so where can we do this? And it's like, oh, the government. It's a yeah. big city. There's a lot of cogs in it. These people might have seen each other. They may yeah. have not. It's I mean, perfect. You've got the story by John Landis and Jonathan Lynn. And John Landis is like king of the 80s comedy. Yeah. Um, but Jonathan Lynn wrote the story, wrote the screenplay, and directed it. So I think this is one of those times where you have a script that is so unique and special. Like there's so many different pieces moving to it. Yeah. And you need to have the writer behind the camera at all times to make sure everything makes that sense. Yeah, to make sure that nothing gets screwed up. Because, yeah. because I'm, I mean, with these lines and how many times they went back and forth mm -hmm. between each room, I don't know how you could... And and I, and I know they do this all the time. And with my brain, it just it's one of, one of the reasons why I think I would not work out in a film industry. Yeah. I don't know how they could have filmed this out of sequence. Because I know a lot of times they don't film movies in order. I like mean, you they'll film like you, you know you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they'll film the ending scene, like the ending scene of the movie will be shot on like day yeah. three of like a fifty two day shoot set yeah. or whatever. I don't know how you could film a movie like this with how many times they went from one room to another to another to another to I another think, out I think of sequence. You could probably knock out like the pre dinner stuff like the first week and then parlor stuff the next week and the dinner table one week and yeah and then like different bodies like i think at a certain point you you do do it in order like yeah once the chandelier falls you don't really want to have to reset that and exactly um but i don't i think it'd be a lot easier than you think um it is complicated working on a few sh 
films that have had dinner scenes and yeah. very intricate um, setups and lots of characters. It is tricky sometimes, but it, it's doable. Okay. Um, it's just a matter of knowing what needs to be done, and that's where the assistant director comes in and is vital. Yeah. That's why, like, every time we do those uh, 48 hours, like, I, Devin is my AD because he's, like, on it. Yeah. He knows exactly what to do, and I really want to do another one this year. Hmm. Um, but I, I don't think it's as complicated as you think. Um, yeah. It's just making sure that it's planned out correctly. Yeah. Because you've got this, pretty much everyone's in each scene. Yeah. Like, the stuff upstairs you can shoot in any order because that's no, true. That's really. Well, I mean, like, the. Th- but I'm okay. So the stuff in the cellar, the stuff in the attic, stuff like that, yeah. But I mean, like, from the hall to the billiard room, from the yeah. hall to the study, from the study to the lounge, from the lounge <laughs> to the library, back to the study, back to the lounge to the hall to the yeah. Like, oh my god! Well, that's <laughs> why I almost wonder. Stop. Like, where it gets complicated is the reveal scenes where yeah. Tim Curry's running back and forth from room to room. Yeah recreating the whole movie yeah like i can see you shooting all the kitchen stuff in one day yeah it's just a like where it gets complicated and i see where your point what your point is is like how do you keep that energy level between days exactly like and i think i guarantee they didn't film this in order and that's just a testament to the whole cast but especially to tim curry because that last scene where he's explaining everything like he's giving it his all Mm -hmm. like it, he always does, like between Rocky Horror and Pennywise, yeah. and even Home Alone too. <laughs> maybe not Charlie's Angels, but yeah. um, he's he's giving his all. And like I said, you can see him yeah. sweating. Like and I don't know if that was. I know that I highly doubt they filmed that all at once. So that was just like a conscious decision of we're going to show him sweating. And I don't know if that was real sweat or if it was fake but either way damn yeah no it's so and w- getting on to tim curry and i know i've said this before like his acting ability like he was great in this yeah but even though i've seen all these different movies now with him in it my favorite tim curry movie is still congo i still haven't seen it so that's three movies out of clue that yeah. we, i need to go watch so we've got blazing saddles spinal tap spinal tap and um Congo. In Congo. Just Wait, which reminds me of the opening of Boss Baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Because Boss Baby opens with, like, the, the whole thing with Boss, ba- Boss Baby is the kid has a super active imagination. So yeah. it opens with him in the Congo. Mm-hmm. Like, they just zoom in. It's like Congo. It's like Africa. And it's just in the center. Congo. Mm-hmm. And it zooms in to him in the jungle fighting a gorilla. That turns out to be his dad. Uh, fun. Um, it's ridiculous. It is. Um, but absolutely ridiculous. It's just his character in the movie Congo is so squirmy and manipulative, and he really because he's not the main character. He's no. a secondary. He's kind of he's kind of the comic relief, and he uses all of his abilities. Like it's so concentrated of what he can do in the scenes that he's in Mm -hmm. that I like it so much because it's like you go between the other actors and then it's 120% Tim Curry being Tim Curry. (coughs) Like it's just, it's right there in your face. Like everything from him, like stretching out his words to his facial expressions to like 
you know, him playing with accents. Oh, my God. Looking around on IMDb yesterday, I found this quote from him. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much right. Mm -hmm. I'm not a conventional leading man at all, and I have no wish to be. And that's fine. Like, he, he, like, Tim Curry stands out. There's only a few actors like, oh, yeah, Tim Curry, like, he, he's different in every role, but it's still Tim Curry. Like, I think another one that's like that is Alan Rickman. Like, Alan Rickman brought something different to every role that he was in. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was still Alan Rickman, like yeah. between Hans Gruber, Snape, and the guy from Galaxy Quest that I'm, that's name I'm escaping. Like those are all vastly different roles, but like there's still like a element to it that's like I don't think anyone else could do that except for Alan Rickman. Yeah, just like I don't think anyone else could do the roles that Tim Curry has done. Yeah, the way that he did. Well, and, and, and that's true because even in uh, I think it's Love Actually mm-hmm. that Alan Rickman is in. Yeah. It was right around when the Harry Potter movies were either about to come out or coming out. Yeah, so he, I think that came out in 2004? Yeah, so it was about when the movies started coming out. Yeah. And so you look at them at first, and it's like, oh my God, that's Snape, you know, when it first came out. But Snape. he's a boss. Snape. He's just a, a, a boss. Like, yeah. he just, he's just he's just the, the, the guy that he's a manager of this, like office yeah and it's just you're able to, he's able to separate himself yeah. from uh people that he's established because he because he was also in um oh what's that author's name pride and prejudice yeah her he he, he jane was, austen yeah yeah he was in one or two jane austen uh specials yeah. e- either either like full-out movies or like tv yeah. movies and he did an amazing job with that. Yeah. Like he's just yeah, you get these actors that are able just to like you know to, to not they can cement cast. themselves in roles that would kill another actor's yeah. career. They can do it. Yeah. Go on to the next thing and start another one. Yeah, because like even basing off of the Love Actually cast, like you look at Liam Neeson's career in the last eight years. Yeah. And it's just been different variations on Taken. Yeah. And that that sucks because mm-hmm. he's so much more talented. And you get like, I would love to see just a straight up comedy with Liam Neeson. Yeah, because there's the whole um, "Life's Too Short" bit that he did with Ricky Gervais and Warwick Davis. Yeah, Have you ever seen that? I've heard uh, of where it. He, where he wants to go into comedy, mm-hmm. so they're giving him comedy lessons. Yeah, and he just doesn't get improv at all. But um, but but it shows that he yeah. gets timing. And then his cameo in Ted too is phenomenal. Yeah, because he's like, I understand that these tricks are meant for just children. If I take these, you promise that you won't report me. He's like, no, they're they're go ahead. Like <laughs> it's cereal. And then at the end of the movie, Liam Neeson comes back to the grocery store with a he's all beat up and bloody, and the box of tricks is like crushed to pieces. He just throws it down on the counter, looks at Ted, and walks out slowly. <laughs> uh, it's like per, like he's so good at comedy, but all you get is all Taken. these. Yeah, you yeah. Can ta- it's variations on Taken, but and I'm glad he's stopping that now. Yeah. he's done with the action genre. Mm-hmm. Like I hope I get a cameo of Qui Gon Jinn in whatever mm-hmm. Obi Wan movie we have coming up, even if it's just the voice. Yeah, like, I want that. Yeah, because it, it, it's one of those things that you have certain actors who mm-hmm. can sustain being like career killing characters, and it, 
and it's not a bad thing yeah. at the same time. But I mean, you, even, even but you get it, actors that get sucked into it. Like, getting back to Clue, even Christopher Lloyd, he's had a varied career from uh, Jim on Taxi, yeah, to Doc Brown. Uh, he's been all over the place too, and he he's more the comedy guy. Yeah, I think the last thing I saw him in was Going in Style, mm-hmm. that old people rob the bank movie. Which wasn't horrible. It's Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman. Sounds like a younger version of Tower Heist. Uh, not really younger. How like newer version? Well, a bunch of old people sticking up a um a store. Yeah, this is a bunch of younger people sticking up their boss. Pretty much, they come together to rob somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, just different context. Yeah, younger age, which wasn't bad, but he he's got a small part in that, and he. He's still got the comedy chops because I can't really think of anything ser- really serious that he's done besides Cuckoo's Nest. Um, but like Michael McKean, like we were cool. talking about, yeah, you got Laverne and Shirley, Spinal Tap, Clue, and now he's on the Breaking Bad spinoff, yeah, Better Call Saul, and like it's so serious in that like, he's so serious in that role because he's dealing with, um. He he he's allergic to electricity, yeah. so that like plays a really interesting part for his character. Yeah, like, he doesn't leave his house, and it's just really well done. And then Martin Mull, all I really know him from is like Hollywood Squares, back when Whoopi did it, and Roseanne. That's a show I wish to forget. What Roseanne? Yeah, it, you better not. It's coming back in, in like two weeks. Well, that's a good thing I don't have cable. <laughs> I don't want that garbage coming into my house. <laughs> I'll watch it just because of John Goodman. Like, uh, if I can get a weekly dose of John Goodman, I'm all I'm all for it. I'll watch Roseanne if it's John Goodman uh, uh, as a as a uh, as a single dad. <laughs> <laughs> Roseanne, the after years. It, it, the whole thing just takes place in the real like the after the last season where he's dead. It's just him in the afterlife. That would be great. <laughs> John Goodman's character from Roseanne going to heaven and then f- living the life that he always wanted to. Like he won the lottery or something? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's probably like a spinoff book that she wrote in that ser- in her series of writings. It would basically just be Roseanne. It would basically be Roseanne. I mean, it would be John Goodman from his character as Roseanne playing his character from the Flintstones. Um... <laughs> Uh, living the lifestyle of Richie Rich. But in the bunker from C- 10 Cloverfield Lane. But in the bunker from <laughs> 10 Cloverfield Lane, yeah. You got anything else you want to bring up? Other than the fact that I actually really like this movie. Okay. Like I said, at first I wasn't entirely sure because I thought it was really odd, but then as soon as they started with the bits, I was like, okay, I like this. What other board games do you think they could adapt into a movie? Well, like we said, Monopoly was already done with Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Um... Jumanji was a movie about board games. Based on a book. Based on, yeah, based on a book. Yeah, I think Jumanji is really good at having the game be... The core. The core of the story. Um, Which I feel like they probably lost in the sequel. They already did Battleship, which I was really surprised that they even made a movie out of Battleship. Because to me, it's just... it's God, it's awful. It's it's Battleship. They could make a game off Mousetrap. I mean, make a movie <laughs> off Mousetrap. They already made a game off Mousetrap. <laughs> yeah. Um, they yeah, could. maybe. They're it would be a Pixar movie. It, w- it would have to be a Pixar movie. So going back to Boss Baby. 
There's a yeah. scene where they get trapped in the mousetrap thing. Yeah. The mousetrap is in Boss Baby. Like, mm. the whole thing, like, the, the marble going, yeah. and, like, like, they know something bad's about to happen, but, like, it's so fascinating. I can't look away. Well, <laughs> it wouldn't have to be, like, the whole mousetrap idea. It wouldn't have to be a legit mousetrap. Like, it could just be, yeah. like, instead of making a series, a TV series about, based off the book series, a tale of a bunch of, like, unfortunate events or whatever. Yeah. I never Ser- read the book. A series of unfortunate yeah. events. Yeah. You have a movie where a bunch of things happen that are interlinked, and then at the end of the movie, they show how how uh, they shrink it all down and show how 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 everything led to the ending. You call it mousetrap. I think they've done that before. It's called vantage point. Hmm. Vantage point. Okay, fine. So vantage points <laughs> is our mousetrap movie. You, get, you see the same events happen from different angles, and you figure out how it all pieces yeah. together. At the very end, you see okay. how it all. So vantage happens. points mousetrap. So that yes. one's already been done. Um, I think with the number of board games that are out there right now, yeah, that, that are exploding, like Candyland, they do Candyland. I, I think they are doing a Candyland movie. Ugh. I mean, you've got characters in that, so that makes sense. Kerplunk. That's there's no character. How do you do a kerplunk? I, I don't know. How do what how I, do you do I'm, a battleship what movie? What I'm saying but they is, did. there's a lot of those, like kind of the like the games that we play, like Legendary. And yeah, Be- yeah. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yeah. There's a lot of games like that that are gaining speed and finding an audience because cards against humanity card oh god Can you imagine a cards against humanity movie nc-17 <laughs> nc-17 but i think there's a lot of ideas in the, some of these games that are coming out like a lot of like creative things that mm-hmm. i think you can adapt into a script and have and have that title be there and just be like like if you took something like betrayal take just like one of those storylines and you could make yeah, a, a story out of that. Mm-hmm. You can even make it a series, and do different, like do a whole series of things. Yeah, and then have it, each one be the same core characters but different scenarios. I think that'd be interesting. That'd be kind of like American Horror things. Story. Yeah, each kind, season yeah. Is, a, is a different scenario, but it all starts out the same. Well, yeah, same and same like faces. That yeah, we're used to in other board game news. Did you see they made a sequel to Uno? Dose? Dose. You serious? Dead serious. I don't know what it is, but it's a thing. Dose. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to Walmart and see if I can find it. Dose. And then it'll be Trace. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I said pronounced that right, but whatever. Trace. Trace. Yeah, close enough. Like tracing paper. Anything else? No. No. My allergies are really kicking me in the butt today. So tune in next week where I watch Blazing Saddles for the first time. The sheriff's a ding. You just got to... Biggest smile on your face when I said that. The sheriff's a ding. What did he say? He said the sheriff's near. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's a horrible joke, but you'll get it when you see the movie. (laughs) All right. So for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. And I'm Ryan. And I'm going to go home and make love to my wife. (laughs) 